Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We know that the idea of digital church is still new to some of you, or maybe the notion of watching a pastor on a screen, it can feel kind of strange. But we just want you to know that God can use any medium to reach you, and we pray that you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit wherever you are, wherever you're watching. You know, I was thinking about this quarantine and I was thinking about how, man, I should have invested my money in certain businesses and certain companies. You know, there's the obvious things like Purell and Charmin, but even things like DoorDash and Grubhub, they've seen an increase in their business and would have been a great place to invest our money. But the one place I wish I would have invested my money would be Zoom. Zoom conferencing has become huge as everyone tries to figure out a different way to stay connected and have meetings. Different institutions around the world, governments, schools are using Zoom, but even the church is using Zoom to expand the kingdom and continue to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And right here at North Wahala, we're able to use Zoom, our college and career ministries and our youth ministries staying connected. And even our staff and our leadership is using Zoom to have meetings so that way we can keep things rolling along right here at North Wahala. We thank you for your continued financial support. And I do want to remind you that one of the ways that you can give securely is through the Church Center app. You can download the Church Center app in the Apple Store or in the Google Play Store, and you can give securely through that. And we ask you to consider that as one of the ways. One of the things that we're sensitive to here at North Wahala is the mental health of the people in our community. We know that a time of isolation and a time when you're not in your normal routine, you're not seeing your church family, you're not seeing your friends at school, you're not seeing people at work, or even just your, your friends down the street. We know that this can be a very trying time and we wanna be here to serve you. So here's what we ask that you do. Please contact our church office at 864-638-6556 and someone from our pastoral team will reach out to you. Maybe it's you, or maybe it's your sister in another state, or it's a friend down the street who you think is struggling in this time. We know this can be a real thing, and it can be a real impact on our lives, so we ask that you let us serve you in those ways. So as we continue uh, our service this morning, one of the things that I want to remind you is that all of these uh, previous services are available online, and Pastor Chad is in a series known as the Jesus Is series. Last week, he spoke out of Mark chapter 6, and he reminded us that Jesus is our peace. So we pray that today's message, that it blesses you, that God's face shines upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Gonna hear my praises roar. Oh. 
Thank you for joining us today for the North Wahala Church. You heard our discipleship pastor, Mike Terramano, remind you about giving. Just want to give you just a warm welcome just to say thank you for joining us today. It is awesome that you have chose to join us digitally here and to stream our services there in your home and to allow us to minister to you and your family while we are in this crazy time of the COVID-19 virus. So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today and allowing us to minister to your family. Also, if you just want to be generous towards our church, we will accept your donation and we will be very thankful and grateful for all that you do. And the Bible tells us that the Lord loves a cheerful giver already. And it does tell us about seed sowing, that when you sow, that God would bless what you sow. And so we just want to give you those opportunities for generosity. And that is, hey, you can send it via the mail at P.O. Box 75. Wahala, South Carolina, 29691. You can do it, as Pastor Mike has already told you, over the Church Center app. You can do it from our website as well. And you can also call Sister Lisa at the office and just swing by here and drop it off. And so we are so thankful for those of you that are already sharing in your generosity with our church. You are such a blessing. And we know that the Lord is going to use you and the Lord's going to use your seed and to bless you and everything that you do. Let's have prayer together real quickly before we move on into our worship and before we get into the word here in just a little bit. Can we do that together? Father, we love you today. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to sow back into your kingdom. God, thank you for everyone that is listening to us today. And Lord, we pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would open doors for them. I pray that because of a seed sown, that Father, that it would open doors of business, that it would open doors of opportunity. God, even in a season of when it looks like that folks are going to lose their job, Lord, we know that you always take care of your own. And Father, we thank you, God, for all that you're doing today and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' mighty name, we ask and pray. Be blessed and thank you again for your generosity.
children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and their children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in the 
Thank you for joining us today as we are continuing our series, The Jesus Is, talking about who Jesus is, talking about what God is doing, and talking about how that God is moving, and just looking at who Jesus is as we continue our Easter series. Thank you for allowing us to come into your home and to share this message with you today. It is such a joy, it is such a blessing to connect with you virtually. I know that we would all love to be in this sanctuary because I can tell you, I miss my church family and I can't wait to the moment that we can all get back together again. But until then, this will be the way that we connect. And so thank you for just connecting up with us and allowing us to come to you virtually and us to dissect. God's word together. So with that said, turn with me to Matthew 21 and beginning with verse number one. Then I want you to take your finger and stick it into Revelation 19 and verse 11. Matthew 21 and verse number one says this. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord has need of them and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. 
So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Now Revelation 19 and verse number 11. Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This week I'm going to preach to you simply this, Jesus is my King. Can we pray together now? Father, we thank you today for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are going to do in the next few moments as we dissect your word together. Lord, I ask right now that in the name of Jesus, that you would begin to anoint our minds and anoint our heart. God, first anoint our head, that God, that we would hear and clearly understand what you are speaking to us. Lord, I pray that you would anoint our heart, that, that the ground of our heart may be broken up, that we would receive the word of the Lord and hide it in our heart that we won't sin against you. Now, Father, I receive now your anointing that turns this preacher into your prophet that I might proclaim what thus says the word of the Lord unto us this morning. God, thank you for what you're about to do in the next few moments. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our king. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the Lord of lords and the king of kings, and there is nothing over our head that is not under your feet. Lord, we love you today, and we praise you, God, for all that you're about to do in this time together, and we'll give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said together in your living room or wherever you may be watching this, amen. Amen. For the last few weeks, we have been doing a series around here, just simply our Easter series, simply titled, Jesus Is. The first week that we were together, we got to discuss and talk about how that Jesus is a sympathetic Savior, that he is one that we can depend on, that he is one that we can lean on to save us from the mess that we sometimes find ourselves in that he is able to take you just like you are, right where you are, and radically change your life. You were not meant to stay in the mess, but God meant for you to come out and to live in freedom and to save you from whatever you find yourself in. Then we talked about how that Jesus is our healer how that Jesus, he heals not only physically, but God wants to heal your hurt, God wants to heal your head, and God wants to take and heal your heart. We talked about that. Last week, we talked about how that Jesus is our peace, and how that even in the middle of a storm, that we can lay down, that we can sleep, that, that we can enjoy life, and we can operate in peace, knowing exactly who Jesus is. In the middle of the storm, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of all things going crazy, that we still have peace knowing that we serve a risen Savior today. 
Today, we're going to take a, a different focus and a, turn our attention towards Jesus being our king. The text that we looked at here in Matthew 21 is Matthew's version of what we like to call the beginning of Holy Week, which we call the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. As Jesus is coming to this time that we now celebrate, Jesus is here with his disciples. The Bible says that Jesus sends two of them out and to go get a colt and to bring it back that he may ride in on this young donkey and may ride into Jerusalem as scripture has already declared and he would fulfill. He sends the disciples out. They didn't know that this was something about to be prophetic that was about to happen. They didn't know that Jesus in this moment was going to be celebrated, that they were going to rejoice of how he's coming in to Jerusalem. They didn't know that in this moment that, that he would be celebrated, but yet in a week he would be crucified. They knew that it was coming because Jesus kept telling them, but they thought that this was the moment when the kingdom of heaven was going to be ushered in, where he was going to establish a physical kingdom, where he was going to make sure that you and I, that, that he said, up and was going to rule and he was going to reign forever, this is what the disciples were thinking. However, they simply did what Jesus said when he told them to go get the young colt. And in going to get the young colt, they allowed him to simply do and fulfill and scripture had already said. When they got to where Jesus was and they brought the colt to Jesus, the Bible tells us that they began to remove their garments and laid them on the back of the animal. Jesus then rode that colt as they led him down to Jerusalem. As Jesus rides this young colt into Jerusalem, the Bible says that he's being celebrated, that they are singing Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. But however, by the week's end, the same crowd is going to look at Jesus and they're going to deny him and ask for a murderer by the name of Barabbas. The world still today, and we know this, the world still today would like to release the vagabond more than they would like to release the victorious one who is Jesus Christ into our lives. But thanks be unto God, hallelujah, that even though they crucified Jesus, we know that something else happened on the third day as we're going to celebrate virtually Easter. We know that Jesus rose again, but it also tells us something else, that the same ones that celebrate you now might end up crucifying you later. So here was Jesus being celebrated, then being crucified. But what they didn't know and what they didn't see is that his crucifixion and his celebration did not negate the fact that Jesus is still the king. Looking at the text that we read this morning, at the two different texts, we're going to identify three different areas where Jesus is and where we can know that he is our king. The first area is, is that Jesus is the king of my chaos. He is the king of my chaos. This story that we read this morning and, and all of the different versions of this same story throughout the Gospels, we can see that there are many interesting uh, facets to this uh, and much symbolism throughout. The first is what Jesus is riding on. It is no secret that a donkey is one of the most stubborn animals uh, on the face of planet Earth. It is no secret that donkeys have a, have a will of their own and they are going to do what they want to do. However, a burrow or a donkey, whatever you want to call them, a, they are known for their strength and being able to carry many loads. The heaviest and the lightest load that this donkey had ever carried was in this moment. He was carrying the Son of God to his death. But thank God, we know this because Jesus says this to us, that the Son of God's load is light. But hallelujah, here is Jesus. Jesus. 
being led into Jerusalem to celebrate Passover, but also to find the cross that is waiting on him. But it lets us understand in the chaos, that in my chaos, that I am just like that donkey and I have very stubborn moments. That I have moments where I allow my stubbornness to create a lot of chaos in my life. My stubbornness of not wanting to submit to his plans, it often brings my workings into a place of brokenness because when I find myself in my own stubborn will, I find myself out of God's will and when I get out of God's will, I find myself in a place that I don't wanna be which produces brokenness in my life and in that broken moment, it allows me to resubmit who I am to Jesus. But you know what I've learned in life? That if I would have submitted earlier to what God wanted me to do, that it would have prevented a whole lot of chaos in me if I would have just sold out earlier. You may be like that this morning where you can say, man, I would have avoided a whole lot of pain if I would have just sold out. My stubbornness gets the best of me. I, I let my stubbornness get in the way. I let my stubbornness produce sin in my life and I let it just drive me away from the Father. I declare to you this morning that you can submit yourself and humble back down under the will of God and God will do something great with your life. Which brings me to this next place that the disciples, they took off who they were. They threw off their clothes. They, they laid their garments on the back so that Jesus, Jesus could sit on them and that symbolizes that they relinquish who they are to be molded into who he wants them to be before he can ever be your king before he can ever reign over everything in your life then you must submit who you are to him so that he may mold you and use you exactly the way God wants to use you this is what Jesus did this is what the disciples did. They understood that before I can ever truly follow him, that I've got to lay down who I am, that I've got to lay down myself and I've got to follow him, that I've got to relinquish who I think that I am and submit who I know that I am to his nail-driven hands. And when I place who I am into his hands, then he will mold me and use me and make me to where I can be usable for his kingdom. What Jesus tells us is this. He tells us that if anyone desires to come after him, that you've got to first deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him. In other words, I must lay who I am into who he is and become what he wants and needs for me to be. But the longer I prolong the denying of myself, the more time that is wasted and I'm not conformed into his image. See, here's the thing. He has called you and he wants to mold you and he wants to form you into his image to do great things for his kingdom. But as long as you remain in your chaos, as long as you don't submit to him, then you will make it difficult on yourself and difficult for him and you prolong and you waste time. When you don't need to waste this moment, you don't need to waste this season, but you need to submit yourself to him and say, Father, here I am. Use me, do what you want with my life he is the king of my chaos not only is he the king of my chaos but he is also the king of my cries he is the king of my cries the people began to do something which made the religious people very very uncomfortable as he begins to make it down the road they cut off leafy branches they began to wave them towards him. As they waved these palm branches, they began to sing, Hosanna, 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You see, I don't think that they were being very timid in how they were saying it. I, I don't think that they were being very timid and I don't think that they were whispering Hosanna, but I think it was a great cry when they began to sing Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The loud singing came greatly into the religious ears of those who were there around Jerusalem. They looked around and they were trying to figure out who was coming down the road. They heard the shouts. They heard everything happening, but they couldn't figure out who was coming. But I declare to you that we can figure it out and we know who he is. How do you know who he is? Well, let's look at who he is this evening, this today. In Genesis, he is the creator God. In Exodus, he is the redeemer. In Leviticus, he is your sanctification. In Numbers, he is your God. In Deuteronomy, he is your teacher. In Joshua, he is the mighty conqueror. In Judges, he gives victory over enemies. In Ruth, he is your kinsman, your lover, your redeemer. In 1 Samuel, he's the root of Jesse. In 2 Samuel, he is the son of David. In 1 and 2 Kings, he is king of kings and lord of lords. In 1 and 2 Chronicles, he is your intercessor and high priest. In Ezra, he is your temple, your house of worship. In Esther, He's in Nehemiah. He is your mighty wall protecting you from your enemies. In Esther, he stands in the gap to deliver you from your enemies. In Job, he is the arbitrator who not only understands your struggles, but has the power to do something about them. In Psalm, he is your song and your reason to sing. In Proverbs, he is your wisdom, helping you make sense of life and to live it successfully. In Ecclesiastes, he is your purpose, delivering you from vanity. In the Song of Solomon, he is your lover, the Rose of Sharon. In Isaiah, he is the mighty counselor, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. He is the, he is everything and more, everything you need. In Jeremiah, he is your balm of Gilead, the soothing salve for your sin-sick soul. In Lamentations, he is the ever-faithful one upon whom you can depend. In Ezekiel, he is your will in the middle of a wheel, the one who assures that dry, dead bones can come alive again. In Daniel, he is the ancient of days, the everlasting God who never runs out of time. In Hosea, he is your faithful lover, always beckoning you to come back, even when you have abandoned him. In Joel, he is your refuge, keeping you safe in the times of trouble. In Amos, he is the husbandman, the one whom you can depend on to stay by your side. In Obadiah, he is the Lord of the kingdom. In Jonah, he is your salvation bringing you back within his will. In Micah, he is the judge of the nation. In Nahum, he is the jealous God. In Habakkuk, he is the holy one. In Zephaniah, he is the witness. In Haggai, he overthrows the enemies. In Zechariah, he is Lord of hosts. In Malachi, he is the messenger of the covenant. Why don't you lift your hands and thank him just for being who he is right there in your living room just for the Old Testament because we got New Testament coming declaring who he is today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We've got it coming today. In the New Testament, we begin to see that in Matthew, that he is king of the Jews. In Mark, he is the servant. In Luke, he is the son of man, feeling what you feel. In John, he is the son of God. In Acts, he is the savior of the world and Holy Ghost baptizer. In Romans, he is the righteousness of God. In 1 Corinthians, he is the rock that followed Israel. In 2 Corinthians, he is the triumphant one giving victory. In Galatians, he is your liberty and he sets you free. 
in Ephesians. He is the head of the church. In Philippians, he is your joy. In Colossians, he is your completeness. In 1 Thessalonians, he is your hope. In 2 Thessalonians, he is your glory. In 1 Timothy, he is your faith. In 2 Timothy, he is the one who keeps you stable. Hallelujah. In Titus, he is your reason for serving. In Philemon, he is your benefactor. In Hebrews, he is your perfection. In James, he is the power behind your faith. In 1 Peter, he is your example. In 2 Peter, he is your purity. In 1 John, he is your life. In 2 John, he is your pattern. In 3 John, he is your motivation. In Jude, he is the foundation of your faith. And in Revelation, this is the part I like. Not only did he leave and ascend as we find in the first book of Acts, but Revelation assures us of this one fact, that he is your coming king. You see, this is the reason I praise him. The reason I cry out who he is in my life is because I know him and he is the king of my cry. He is the one that you can lift your hands to whether you're in your car, whether you're in your living room, or whether you're in this building that you can lift your hands to and cry out and worship and bless him because he is worthy of your praise. He is worthy to be lifted high he is worthy of all these things he's worthy in the Old Testament and he's definitely worthy in the New Testament I don't know what you're facing but I declare to you today that you can cry out and you will hear and he will answer you he is the king of your chaos he is the king of your cry and last but certainly not least he is the king of of my chronos, my time. Chronos is the original language for time. He is the king of my chronos. The reason we praise, the reason we cry out to him as they did here in the text is because all of time began with him and will be summed up in him. We are not serving a God who left us here in our own time and space and said, I'm just going to create you, send you out, and never come back for you. We don't serve a God like that, but we serve a God who is going to return, who's coming again. And we are serving the Christ who may have rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. The next time, he will not return in the same manner. Because the first time they saw him, they saw a humble king who didn't want to establish the physical kingdom, but was more interested in establishing a spiritual kingdom within the hearts of men and women. The next time that his feet touch the planet Earth, though, it will be to establish his kingdom. The next time, he'll not be riding on a donkey. Oh no. This time he's going to be riding on a white stallion that will represent his authority and his kingship. They will know who he is this time. The first time they may not have known him, but this time they'll know him. Because you see, here's the thing. You're either going to bow to him this time or you're going to bow to him in that time. But either way, you will bow to who he is. Whatever time, whatever season that you choose to bow to him, you're going to bow down to him whether it be now or whether it be then. You see, the time is now when we should serve him. And we should praise him for who he is. Because this, I know quickly, is that time is coming to a close. We all talk about time.
And we all used to say things like, I don't have time for that. We all used to say things like, I don't have time for this, I don't have time for that, until a virus showed up from China or because somebody decided to eat an undercut bat. A virus shows up and it stops us all dead in our tracks so that God could tell us you do have time for what you want to do. You do have time to pray. You do have time to lead your family to the cross. You do have time to lead your family to Jesus. I know you didn't feel like you had time before, but now he is the king of your chronos. He is the king of your time. And because of who he is and what he has allowed to come onto the shores of our blessed United States, we have realized that we do have time. We have a lot of time. And this virus, COVID-19, has let us all understand and realize our finiteness and then realize who he actually is and that he is infinite. That he has no ending. That he's great, that he's awesome, that he's good. Because this has stopped us. And it's let us realize that my time is short, but he is forever, as we sang just a little bit ago. And it's let me realize that my time's winding down and that he's coming again and that the time is now to serve him. I know that, that people don't like for their pastor to preach something like this. Because they say that, that doing this will turn you off. But let me tell you something. I would not be worth my weight in salt if I did not remind you that Jesus is coming again. And that if you haven't made time for him and allowed him to be king over you and king over your chronos, king over your time, king over your chaos, king of your cries. If you have not made him king, then you are wasting time. You are wasting it. Because as John recorded, that he's coming. That he's coming again. And John gives us a great depiction on what it's going to be like the next time. Because John says that he saw the heavens open and a white horse coming down. Now we know the rapture of the church is going to happen and this is the moment of when Jesus is going to make war. We know that. But they're going to know who he is. The Bible says and tells us that he's coming to make war. That he's called the faithful and true because he's always faithful to us and he's always true. John begins to describe him that he has a robe dipped in blood, but he also has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. And that name is this, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Here's the fact, if he's not king of your life, then he is not king at all. Because the, what I've learned about the Lord is that if he is not Lord of all in me, then he is not Lord at all in me. But he is the king. He is my king. Jesus is my king. And if he is not your king in your family, if he is not your king in your life, if you have not made him king, then today is the day that you can make him the king. So this is what we're going to do in the next few moments. I want you to gather everybody around, wherever you are, whoever's with you, gather them around. And I want you to begin to lead them in the next few moments to the cross today. Then I'm going to talk to you about something else real briefly after we do this moment and just encourage you about what we're going to do Easter before we go into the actual main service. We're going to do something special together. And I'm going to take, give you those instructions and all of that and when to do all of this. But first, I want you just to gather them around. And we're going to pray together. And if you know that your family hasn't been led, you need to step up. And you need to lead them to the grace of Jesus right now. So would you gather them around and let's all pray together. 
and let's lead our family to the cross. Jesus, thank you that you are our king. Thank you that you love us right where we are. Thank you, Jesus, that you know us. Thank you, Jesus, that you want God to dig deeper into our lives. And I pray right now that in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, for those that are listening in on this virtual Sunday, that, God, that they are listening to us and they are watching, Father, as things unfold. Lord, they are seeing the chaos in our world. They are hearing the cries that are going out in our world. Lord, I pray that now that you remind them that you are the Lord, that you are the king of their time. And now is the season of not to waste. Now is the moment, God, to to get into you and to serve you and to sell out. This is the moment, Father, to not waste any more time, to sell out to you and to know you and to say, here I am. God, there are some, God, that are listening in this moment that are stubborn, and I pray that they would submit their will to you today. Lord, there are some, God, that are listening that know that that you are not the king of their life. And I pray that in the next few moments, I pray right now that they would bow down to you in their heart and they would serve you and they would know you and they would desire you with all of their heart. You are a good God. And Lord, the Bible declares to us that it is your goodness that leads men to repentance. And Lord, I pray for those that have not made you king at all, that Lord, that today they would make you king over all. Lord, I pray for those today that have not submitted themselves and turned themselves over into your nail-scarred hands, that today that they would turn over every hurt, they would turn over every scar, they would turn over every pain and allow you to be king of their life. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're gonna do. Thank you for how you're gonna move. Thank you for how you're gonna touch today. In your mighty name, we ask and we pray. If you have committed your life to Jesus and you have made him the king over your life, would you please comment on this video or something and say that I have committed myself to Jesus? Because I know that we're in a virtual space and so we can't really know you, but we want to know you. We want to identify you and to help you along with your Christian walk that you've now begun. So for next Sunday, just a quick announcement, we're going to be doing virtual communion together. This week, we have already the elements here at church. And on Wednesday, if you want to stop by the church to pick up those elements, you can do so on Wednesday. So please uh, just stop by Wednesday, get those from us and some of the staff. We're going to try and set those aside. We're also going to try and have a time Saturday. If you can't make it Saturday, you can come Wednesday. I'll be here Wednesday at the church. Uh, Sister Lisa will be here from the hours of 9 to 1. We're going to help you out. We're going to get those to you in a safe manner. We'll all be wearing gloves. You'll be able to get them out yourself. And we're going to do this in a safe way to be sanitary with you and to get you the elements. If you can't make it to the church at all, but you do want to observe the Lord's Supper with us and to take communion with us, you can do so. Get Go to the store, get you some bread, go to the store, get you some grape juice, do it right there in your home, and we will observe that together. You don't have to come here and get it from us. You can go to the store and get it yourself and do whatever you want to do uh, to observe that with us. We are so thankful that you joined us today. I pray that you are blessed this next week. I pray the Lord puts a hedge of protection around you and your family and that you are are not, you'd never contract this virus. We pray for our medical staff that are working tirelessly around our local hospitals. We bless them today that they will not take that back home to their families. Thank you again for joining us and we pray that you would have a blessed week in Jesus' name.